Welcome to Salem Fields Community Church. I'm your host, Pastor Jason. We're so excited that you've decided to join us today. We're going to continue our series, Everything's Changed, and kind of going in today to discover the miracles that happen when change is going on all around us. A couple things we want to remind you about that are coming up is uh, on Sundays at 1020 is a time of uh, worship for our children. You can join in um, with Pastor Rini at 1020 at SalemFields.com slash live um, for a, for a few moments of worship there for our kids. And then at 1035, you can log back into salemfields.com slash live to uh, have a time of worship with your middle school students and high school students with Pastor Tone. We have a lot of things that were going on uh, and we're excited about. We want to thank everyone that participated with the Superhero Drive um, there at Spotsylvania Regional Hospital this past week. We had over 30 cars participate and just numerous snacks uh, and items donated to the hospital workers there at Spotsylvania Regional. I know it was uh, received um, with great uh, love and thankfulness for, from everyone that participated as uh, those workers really appreciated as we celebrated them for what they're doing. Um, we hope that you also were able to participate in our Salem Fields uh, um, Zoom Trivia Night. This was our second Trivia Night, and we hope that you um, were, had a great time doing that. If you missed out on any of those things, hey, make sure you're paying attention to our social media website um, pages and everything that we have all those upcoming events taking place there. With that, remember, we have our deeper dive, our lunch breaks, um, our journey takeovers, and our family focus time throughout the week. And you can see all those times and dates um, on our website as well as on our social media pages. And we ask you to participate in those throughout the week. In just a few moments, we're going to take our tithes and offerings, and we encourage you to participate in that because it's just a way that we give back to God and continue to put him first in our, our area of our giving. This is the one area where God says that if you, uh, you can challenge him in this and that if you give to God, that he'll make sure that your needs are met. Um, and so I can tell you that from my personal experience that God, um, we've faithfully given in our tithes and offerings um, for, for numerous years. And God has always uh, made sure that we have need everything that we've needed as a family. And um, God's blessing comes through. So you can give today by uh, clicking on the give button at the top of your screen. Um, you can also go to uh, the Salem Fields app or text uh, the, um, the amount that you want to give to our text number that pops on your screen today. Um, again, we have a lot of different things we want you to do today. We want you to make sure you fill out your connection card today. Let us know that you're worshiping and how we can help meet those needs. If you need live prayer at any time, you can click on the live prayer button, and, um, and I'll be there to uh, pray with you as long, along with other pastors that are um, in the chat room with us today. Hey, one thing that we've got coming up that's right around the corner we want to make sure everyone is aware of is Mother's Day is happening next weekend. And we don't want you to miss out on that because we know it might be hard to maybe be there with your mom to wish her Happy Mother's Day, but we can do that by um, putting out some pictures and signs and everything. And we want you to send those into us at ilovemama at salemfields.com. It's ilovemama at salemfields.com. And you'll be able to uh, send in your pictures and wishing your mother a Happy Mother's Day um, over our services next week. Hey, we hope that you have a great time and we're kicked back right now and just sing it out to God as we continue to uh, worship him today. Thank you for joining us and God bless.
Jesus loves me and Jesus loves you. We know Jesus loves us because of the many things he does in our lives. But we also know about how Jesus loves us and takes care of us by what he did for others in the Bible. Now, some of the people he did the most for, of course, was his disciples. Peter and a few of the disciples were sitting at the beach. Now, this was after Jesus had risen from the dead. Peter and these other disciples, they were excited about what had happened, but they still didn't understand it fully. Now, when they wanted to think, they would go to the beach. They would go to the water. Now, if you recall, Peter and several of the other disciples were fishermen before Jesus called them to follow him. They felt very comfortable there at the beach and by the water and in their boats. And when they needed to think about something, that's where they went. So let me read you these verses from John 21, verses 3 to 6. So they went out and got into the boat. But that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Wow, that was special. It wasn't even only special, it's a miracle. A miracle is something that only Jesus can do. But for Jesus to do a miracle for Peter and those other disciples, they had to do something first. They had to obey what Jesus said. Jesus said to throw their nets on the other side of the boat, and they did, and they hauled up a huge net full of fish. Now Jesus, when he tells us to do something, and we have faith, and we listen to his voice, and we do what he says, we can expect something special to happen too. We can expect a miracle. By faith, we can see a miracle.
God, thank you so much for being in our lives, Lord. We know that your presence is just like an open door and you will not stop, God. And you want to show us more, God. So we are believing that with our whole heart. And it is in with Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, how you guys doing? I'm getting ready to go fishing today because we're talking about the miraculous fishing with Jesus. <laughs> Things are really great when you do them with Jesus. So I'm all ready, but I don't know. I, I guess from what I've studied in the Bible, only this kind of net. It's not really big enough. And I don't think it was with a rod and reel. They used a whole different system when they fished back in those days. And even though coronavirus is on, I think we're probably far enough apart. I'm Pastor Jerome Hancock, interim pastor, and I guess I don't need these glasses or my mask. Woo! Aren't you glad? We're getting close to the days when we get out from under some of that stuff. I want my hat. Take off my hat, too. Uh, I just, uh, I'm glad to get rid of all that stuff. We're far enough apart. <laughs> and what's that? Oh, somebody's telling me, what, is my, is my hair messed up? Oh. That's pretty unusual. I, I can't have my hair be messed up on a day when we're talking about miraculous fishing with Jesus. So I guess I better do something about that. And so I'll show you how quickly you can fix things. Hey, they're all back in place. That hair's back together. Magic, huh? Miracle, huh? No, you know what I did. Just uh, some video editing. And I hope it turned out halfway decent. But the point I'm trying to make is that's not miracle that's something we can do there are many things in life that happen and we've got to figure out what's miraculous and what's just something that is unusual but not really miraculous so we're in a series entitled everything's changed and i think all of you know how important that discussion is in this day and age in week one we talked about how two disciples met with jesus on the road to emmaus and they talked about the fact that our hearts burned within us when we talked with jesus and he opened the scriptures to us and then in week two we talked about doubting thomas remember him and jesus looked at him when he saw him and they got together and he said thomas blessed are you because you've seen me and believe but blessed are those who have not seen they are the real ones who receive the blessing so i hope that you and i recognize how blessed we are that we can be those who believe even though we have not seen jesus face to face now we're in week three of this series as we're moving toward pentecost and we're looking at what jesus did with some fishermen they were afraid they were on their own now and Jesus tells some pro fishermen in our story today how to fish. Jesus, the carpenter, tells them how to fish. In fact, in John 21, 6, he said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some, some fish. And when they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. So the story is called Jesus and the Miraculous Catch of Fish. So to start, I want to focus on that word, miraculous. 
people call their big catch of fish that day miraculous. You see, miracle is an event so marvelous it seems like it was sent from above. People see it and say, it's a miracle. A miracle is an amazing, wonderful occurrence. A miracle comes from the Latin word miraculum. <laughs> That's pretty, pretty straight up, isn't it? It means object of wonder. And if you really dig way back, it comes from a word mean, uh, smiros, <laughs> which really just means to smile. Smiros. Let's smiros at each other. Turn somebody there and smiros them. Smile at them. That's what we do when we see a miracle happen. The problem is we use the word miracle for all kinds of things that really aren't miracles. Last chance for the Steelers. Bradshaw trying to get away. And his pass is broken up by Tatum. Tipped off. Rachel Harris has it. And he's over. Look. Rachel Harris. Grab the ball on the defection. Five seconds to go. He grabbed it with five seconds to go and scores. When you talk about Christmas miracles, here's the miracle of all miracles. Watch this one now. Bradshaw's lucky to even get rid of the ball. He shoots it out. Jack Tatum deflects it right into the hands of Harris. And he sets off, and the big 230-pound rookie slipped away from Warren and scored. You see, that was a big playoff game back in 1972 between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Oakland Raiders. And in that crazy catch... They scored in the last few seconds and won the game and won the championship. Well, people say that was miraculous. In fact, the announcer you may have heard called it a Christmas miracle. But it's really not a miracle. Like running low on gas and barely making it to the gas station. We say, oh, it was a miracle. No, no, you just happen to have enough gas. Or I got a ticket to the SEC championship game. That's a miracle. No, no. A true miracle is an event that could not happen without divine involvement. God has to get involved for real miracles to happen. A miracle only happen when you and I get to the end of our ability or our resources and only God can make something happen. Reminds me of the little boy, his dad loved him and he prepared a beautiful sandbox by the side of the house. I mean, this thing was a, a work of art and not only to have a a lot of sand, but it had those Tonka trucks, you know, and the, and the dump truck and the cars and the loader and the little guys you could sit around here and there. I mean, this kid had it made in a kind of a, a little construction boy playground, <laughs> and he had everything any kid would want. And so his father would watch him as he played out there and get a lot of enjoyment over the child having a great time. Well, one day the little boy came out, and for some reason there was a big rock right in the middle of the sand. And the little boy started trying to move it, and he couldn't. He grunted, and he groaned, and he strode, and he pushed, and he, he just couldn't move the rock. And his father was watching all the, all the while and saw the little boy just kind of sit down in the sand with his hand in his, you know, his head in his hands, and just kind of sad and all alone. His father went out and said, son, what's wrong? He said, daddy, there's a rock. Yes, I see that. He says, I can't move it. Well, are you sure? Have you used all your strength? Oh, yes, Daddy, I've used all my strength. And his father said, no, son, you haven't used all your strength. He said, Daddy, yes, I did everything I could do. No, you didn't do everything you could do. You could have asked me to help you. And the father reached down, picked that rock up, and threw it out to the side. You know, folks, we're like that. We can put all of our strength into the deal, but we won't move things unless God gets involved. And I'm so thankful that I've come to that point where I know I've got to have God if anything's going to happen in my life that matters. And it is miraculous when he comes. Aren't you glad he's the one that can move mountains? Praise the Lord.
Jesus never fails. Yes, we've got to have God's intervention if we're going to really see the mountains in our lives move. Today, as we think about this miraculous catch of fish story, I think it's really important that we go back to the beginning of our story in John and realize that it happens at the end of Jesus' earthly ministry. Then this is after he has resurrected from the dead. Jesus has come out of the grave and the disciples have seen him, uh, but they're still trying to understand it all. And in a few days, he's going to send into heaven and he's going to leave all this ministry to them. Now, they've been with Jesus for the entire three years of his ministry. The first story of their first day with Jesus is pretty interesting. It comes from Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. And it's a really interesting story. kind of goes like this. I'll just kind of tell it to you, and we'll have some of the words uh, on the screen with you so you can follow along or take your Bible to Luke chapter 5, the first verse. And it talks about the Jesus was by the lake. And I tell you, folks, I love to be by the lake. And Jesus was down by the lake, and the people were there crowding in on him. And he saw a couple of boats, and one of them was Simon's. And he said, Simon, let me sit in your boat. Let's go out a little way from shore where I can get a little space, and these people can hear me better. So he did that. When he finished talking to the people, he says to Simon and the other guys were with him, James and John were there, and a couple other guys, and he says to them, let's just go out a little bit further and throw out the nets and let's catch some fish. And Simon goes, oh, master, we've been out all night and we haven't caught a thing. We're worn out, man. But I like the rest of his sentence. He says, but if you say so, we will do it. At your word, we will obey. I like that. And so they went out and they dropped those big old nets. I mean, they're, they're massive. They dropped those nets and the results were amazing. They filled those two little boats till they were almost ready to sink. And at that point, Peter says, oh Lord, oh Lord, get away from me. I'm a dirty guy. I'm a sinful man. You can't be around me. He knew who Jesus was in that moment. And Jesus said, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid from now on you will become fishers of people. You will catch people. You'll go from just catching fish for a living, you're gonna be on a mission to catch people for the kingdom of Christ in eternity. Woohoo! that's a big deal. They get called that day, and I know the memory of that day never left them. Push the boat out further to the deep water. Then you and your partners let down your nets for a catch. Oh, master, we worked hard all night long and caught nothing. But if you say so, I'll let down the nets. James! John! from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. Don't be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. Verse, they left everything. They pulled their boats up on shore. They left everything to follow Jesus. That's total surrender there. Brave men of faith. And this is before the coming of the Holy Spirit that we're going to celebrate on Pentecost. And so I just want you to know God can do great things if you'll just totally surrender to him. And so over the next three years, those disciples heard him teaching. They saw him do those mighty miracles. They ran out the night he was betrayed and they watched him die on a cross. Then they saw him alive again and they were, they were trying to believe. I, I know you think, well, I saw Jesus, but 
he was dead. How can he be alive? And, and you know, doubts will come. We'll have question marks in our Christian walk. We just need to take them to the Lord and say, Lord, help me with this. You know, like the guy said in the Bible, he says, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Help me in these places where I have question marks. And God will. He loves you that much. But these disciples were struggling. So I think it's wonderful how they were getting disillusioned. They were confused. They were scared. And so Peter just goes back to the normal. He says, let's just go back to our old thing, the thing we know best. Let's go back and fish some. And so the guy said, yeah, we're going with you. So about seven of them got up together and they, they went out and Peter, James, and John were among that group. And so they went out to fish for fish. <laughs> well, that makes sense. But remember, Jesus had told them, your mission now is to fish for people. So what does Jesus do? Well, John tells us exactly what he did. The Bible tells all that I've said, how they went out and they began to fish. And early in the morning, after they had caught nothing that night, <laughs> again, fruitless fishing. Have you ever been on one of those expeditions where you didn't catch anything? Oh, I haven't. I, uh, I like catching. I don't just like fishing. I like catching. But anyway, they caught nothing. And early in the morning, Jesus stood by the shore, but the disciples didn't realize it was Jesus. They're about 100 yards out there, and they couldn't tell exactly who it was. And so he called out to them, and I love this phrase. He calls out to them, friends, it says in the New International Version, but the, the word way back there is children. Or kind of like, hey, boys, have you caught anything? Do you have any fish? And of course, they yelled back, no, we don't have a thing. So he said, well, then throw your net out on the, get this, the right side of the boat. Oh, maybe it doesn't have any significance to you, but it does to me. We need to get on the right side, don't we? So he said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. You'll find some. I like that little understatement right there. And then when they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. So many fish, they couldn't even get the net in. And then the disciple whom Jesus loved, that's John, the beloved, Peter, James, John. <coughs> John's the author of this book. He said to Peter, Peter, it's the Lord. It's Jesus. Man, as soon as he heard him say that, he wrapped his outer garment around him and jumped into the water. And the other disciples followed in the boat towing the net full of fish. They weren't far from shore, just about 100 yards. And when they landed, they saw a fire burning. Get this now. They saw a fire burning, coals and fish on it and some bread. It means he had been there a while. He already had fish. He already had bread. See, Jesus wasn't in need. He didn't need for them to catch fish for him. He already had what he needed. He was trying to show them that he would provide all of their needs if they would trust him. Jesus did all that for their benefit, not his. Simon said to them, bring some of that fish. Je no, I'm sorry. Jesus said to them, bring some of that fish you have just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. I mean, that's the big, strong Peter. He just gets out there and let's drag this thing on shore. It was full of large fish. Now, you understand, Peter, James, and John, and John wrote this. He was an eyewitness. He was a fisherman, professional fisherman. That was his lifestyle. And he was amazed that it had so many large fish and yet the net did not break. You know, when God works a miracle, <laughs> he takes care of all the details. If you'll just trust God, he'll take care of stuff you don't even think about. He'll take care of you in ways you cannot imagine. When the Red Sea parted for the children of Israel, the Bible tells me they went across on dry ground. He didn't have to dry. They could have slogged across in some mud if they had to to get away from getting killed. But no, he dried the ground for them. That's the God I serve. He fills up your net, and then make sure it doesn't tear on you. It's amazing how God will work if you'll just trust him. And so it was full of fish, but even with so many, the net was not torn. How many fish? 153. That's a significant number if you have anything to do with numerics or you know anything about the old system in the, in the Hebrew language of numbering things. And it's pretty impressive what this 153 could mean. I mean, why would he mention that one number? And there's so much significance into it. I can't go into it in this sermon, but I hope you'll study God's Word. Go Google it and read some of the stuff. you got to take some of it with a grain of salt because they're projecting out. But it wouldn't surprise me if it's more than a coincidence that that number 153 is there. I think it's a God incidence because I'll just tell you one, and that is that in the Hebrew language, the Hebrew words have numeric values. They have numbers assigned to them, like Jerome might be 22 total. For some reason and all the words have that kind of a number system to them by, by their letters and the way they're constructed there's a phrase in 
Hosea that says, the sons of God, the children of Elohim, the God who is God. And you know what the numeric value of that phrase is? 153. And it says in that passage that when the Messiah comes, the sons of God, the children of God will be gathered back together. Huh. Maybe it's just one of those coincidences, or maybe it's a God incidence. Whatever. I just want you to know God's word's perfect. And there's deep stuff that we're going to learn one of these. I want to get to heaven. I want to learn some of this stuff. I want to experience what God had in mind. I, I tell you, there's something big going on here. If the God of the universe loves you and me enough to die for us, he's got some great big giant plan we don't even imagine. And I don't want to miss out on it. So I don't know if the 153 fish was all that meaningful, the number. But I do know that John took enough time to count them, find out the number, and give God the glory. And I hope you and I will stop counting our blessings and give God Give God the glory for the good things that he does in our lives. And then Jesus said to them, come, have some breakfast. I mean, stuff's already ready. Come, have some breakfast. And none of the disciples even dared to ask him. I mean, they didn't even think about asking him who he was. I love this sentence. They knew, they knew it was the Lord. They knew it was Jesus. He appeared just like that to them when they first were called to be disciples. And now in the closing days of his earthly ministry, he comes to him in the same fashion. This is to me like bookends. And later on next week, we'll look at the fact that that's where Jesus sits down with Peter three times asking him, do you love me? And he forgave him and he welcomed him back into his arms. I tell you, we serve a great God who wants to perform miracles of healing and forgiveness and restoration. Our God wants to do things in your life you cannot imagine. If you'll just obey him and Listen to what he says when he says, throw your net out on the right side. Or let's go out in the deep and throw out the nets again. Even you may be tired, but let's do it one more time. Trust me. Trust me. That's the God I serve. And you can trust him. You can trust him. He will lead you in ways and to places you cannot imagine if you'll just trust him. He's the miracle working God. Praise the Lord. And I love him. So this story tells me at the very close that Jesus came, took bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. And here again, they got fish and chips from Jesus. <laughs> he's, he's the one who supplies all of our needs. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. Praise the Lord. You see, on that day at the lake, those disciples were doing a good thing. They were fishing to eat. They were good at it. They were professional fishermen and they were working hard at their job. They were in the right place to succeed. They were just a little off in their method. They needed to get on the right side. And they never would have known that had it not been for Jesus' divine involvement. And friends, you and I can be close. We can be doing good stuff. We can be feeling like, man, I'm okay. And we can just be enough off that things aren't working right and we're not really catching anything. That's why we need to turn to the Lord and say, yes to his direction and get on the right side. Can you catch that? I'd like for you to really catch it today. Young and old, teenager, child, adult. If you really want to catch the good things in life, you need God's divine involvement. See, it was a miracle that day of catching fish. But more importantly, it was a miracle of reminding those disciples. We weren't called to catch fish. We're called to win people to Jesus. We're called to catch people for Christ in the kingdom for eternal benefit in their lives. That's what we're called to do. So we have a much bigger job. Just like Jesus says in the Great Commission, go preach the gospel, baptize them, teach them, help these people to make it to heaven. That's what you and I are called. So are you on the right side of all that today? Are you fishing out the right side of your little boat? Are you doing what God really wants you to do in your life? You see, trust and faith that we've been talking about have no meaning. I mean, they mean nothing unless they turn into action in your life, unless they create action. You know, the disciples could have thought, well, this Jesus, maybe he knows something. But if they don't throw the nets out, nothing's going to happen. If they don't go where he says, throw the nets where he says, they're not going to succeed. But when they do, miracles happen. And so I want to help you think today. Are you really catching this? Are you really understanding what God's trying to say to you? Jesus has a charcoal fire with fish and bread on. He can feed us all if we'll trust him. He's going to take care of our earthly provisions and needs. He just says, you trust me, you go serve. You go take cups of cold water in Jesus' name. You go share the gospel with lost people. I'll work miracles in your life. Praise the Lord. 
Remember, Jesus said, from now on, you will fish for people. I want to be about that. I'd like for you to bow your head. Just right there where you are, get alone with God. Just talk to him. And just ask him, Lord, am I fishing out of the right side? Am I in the right place? I'm asking you to give the miraculous catch. I've got unsaved loved ones. I've got unsaved friends. I've got unsaved neighbors. I want to see people find Jesus. Right there in the home, family members who may need Jesus. Maybe you need Jesus today. You need to say, Lord, I got to throw my net out on the right side and catch the blessing of your presence in my life. I've got to catch what you have for me. I want to receive it into my little boat. In fact, I want to get out of my little boat and get in your big boat. I want to follow you, Jesus. You can do that. The Bible says all you need to do is say, Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for my sins. Forgive me. I believe you died for me on the cross and rose from the dead. And you're here to hear my prayer. And I believe as I confess my sin and ask you to come into my heart, you do that. Just like you promised, if I would confess my sins, you would forgive me and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. So I trust you. Talk to him right now. Believe in him. Lord Jesus, as this service today comes to a close, may our service for you never end. May we just stay in the thick of it till you return, until you call us home. And in the meantime, we're going to cast our nets where you tell us to cast it because we want to be on the right side and we want to catch people for the kingdom. Use our lives to your glory. Bless your people today. And help our church to be a mighty impact on the people of this community. We pray in the powerful, awesome name of Jesus. God's good. He loves you. Praise his name. Stop working. You never stop. You never stop working.
I worship you. I worship you. Hey, we thank you so much for joining us for worship. We hope that you had a wonderful worship experience with us this, uh, today. And um, we want to remind you that you keep your our pastors, James and Charity Anwa and Manu, um, in your prayers. Um, you know, James and Charity are in Ni Nigeria um, as we uh, continue to support the ministry there and Manu and his family in India. Again, remember that we have our Bible memory verses, our deeper dive, and our small group curriculum that will be posted on our website and um, that you can study for this next week as we kind of re review what was discovered today. And we hope that you maybe will experience the miracles God has for you as everything's changed. We hope you have a great day, great week. And um, remember, we also need those pictures for Mother's Day at ilovemama at salemfields.com. We hope you have a great day, great week, and we love you. God bless.